the best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. When you watch a guy, Ger, standing on the sideline counting players with his fingers, you know this is bullshit. Probably the greatest ever victory for Ireland. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Now we're delighted to be joined by Dublin sailor Eve McMahon who arrived home this week after capturing gold in the single-handed ILCA 6 class at the 2022 ILCA 6 Youth World Championships in Houston, Texas. That was on uh, Saturday, just gone. So this gold is Eve's third consecutive gold medal this year, having also picked up a gold at the World Sailing Youth World Championships in The Hague and at the ILCA 6 Youth European Championships in Greece. By the way, you can visit uh, sailing.ie for all the latest in Irish sailing, including results and upcoming competitions and what a time it is at the moment for Irish sailing. Uh, Eve, uh, congratulations, first of all. How are you getting on? Thank you. Yeah, I'm getting on great. Uh, a bit of jet lag, but other than that, it's pretty much OK. I can imagine that it's uh, probably one of the, the easiest bouts of jet lag to get over. Can, can you talk us through the event at the weekend and, and how it all played out for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I was kind of heading into Houston, Texas after just winning two gold medals. So there was a bit of pressure on myself. I was tipped as a favorite. So I was kind of just trying to shut that all off. And I just raced how I'd usually race. And it it really did all pay off. So it was absolutely amazing to get the, the triple crown. When you get out there, obviously, there is a certain amount of the conditions that are completely out of your control. Uh, what was what were the conditions like in, in Houston and did they play in your favour or did you have a bit of work to do? Yeah, it was uh, quite windy, which I really, really like, especially for with sailing with the youth fleet um, and very, very choppy waves. So it was quite physically intense. Uh, and obviously, I'd just done two major events before, so I was quite tired, but I knew that it was kind of my last my last event so I just gave it my absolute all and and pushed myself the whole way through Is that a common theme amongst all of the Irish sailors Eve that when you go abroad especially to some place across the Atlantic that you are hoping for windy conditions because it is sort of like your, your home your home place yeah, I suppose. Well, we train out of Dunleary, so we do get a, a mix of conditions. But I think most Irish people, their favourite conditions is a bit of wind. We're, we're used to it. Can you talk us about what happened to the boat? Yeah, that was actually surprising. Um, it was the fourth day uh, and I'm quite particular about all the equipment that I use because I, I lost my youth Europeans last year due to um, gear failure. So I'm quite particular with all that kind of stuff. Um, and because we can't bring our own boats over to Houston, Texas, we have to kind of rent new boats. Um, and the boat that I had just had a slight defect in it. And on the fourth day, I came in off the water and there was actually water inside my boat. So it was a bit of a stress, a bit of a panic, but I was lucky enough to get it all fixed before I went out the next day. Right. OK. I, I, I presume at that, at that point. So you, you, had, you had to race the entirety of day four with a leak in the boat. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on with it, to be honest. I felt slow that day and I suppose that's why I felt a bit slow as well. Right, OK. You would assume that that would be fairly terminal for your chances on a single day, but obviously it wasn't too bad. Yeah, no, I was going into the next couple of days a bit stressed because obviously you only can tell if there's water in your boat once you get in off the water. So uh, I was a bit stressed and well, I kind of just was like, you know what, I'm just going to race how I race. And if there's water in my boat, there's water in my boat. There has to be, I'd assume, a certain degree of what will be will be when you're going to these events, considering, as you just say there, you don't get to bring your own equipment. You are essentially dealing with something that you're not 100% used to. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we do it quite often because obviously we're living on an island here in Ireland, so it's much more difficult for us to bring our boats uh, internationally. So I am quite used to renting boats, um, but I think the defect was just because of the extreme heat over there that the boat, some of the stuff had actually, the silicone in one of the joints had actually melted off with the heat. Wow, I hadn't even considered that. Like, So how hot was it? It was around 40 degrees. Right. It was absolutely crazy. The first couple of days, you know, we had to really adjust to the heat because we were out in the water and our races are very, very long and very intense. So straight away, our heart rates were very, very high. So I, I went out there around a week early just to get used to the jet lag and used to the heat. And, and thankfully I did. And how many of those, like, I mean, I suppose the Netherlands is where you won one of your goals. Greece, obviously, I, I presume the temperatures weren't as high as they were in Texas so have you gone on warm weather training camps before now or is this your your first time really being thrown into those specific conditions this is in terms of humidity this is my first time being at that kind of level of humidity Greece was actually quite hot as well um but just not the level of humidity humidity that Houston was can you talk us uh, through what happened at youth Europeans last year because you mentioned that there was a, another gear defect yeah, so I was also renting a boat as well, um, and it was my first race, and the inside rivets of my mast, which you can't see, uh, were all like rusted inside, um, and then the first race that I did, I pulled on my kicker and my mast snapped, so that was a very, very unfortunate. So my first race out of a 12-race series, I had a DSQ, which was like a disqualification because I never got to race the race. Oh, God. So that was just a crap boat they gave you last time? Yeah, basically, to be honest with you. But you know what? I think it's made me a much better sailor in general, just to be able to have that kind of experience and then just racing with knowing that you have a disqualification was was quite tough, but I think it's made me into a much better sailor. And, and I'm sure that's something you can look back on now in hindsight and say that's that was a, a hugely constructive moment for me. At that particular moment, though, I presume that's not how you feel. Yeah, no, I wasn't too happy back then. But, you know, that's that was the point where I kind of made my goal for this year to to be able to win all three and get the triple crown. But I obviously have my leaving certain there as well. So I was a bit nervous going into all the three events, but it did all pay off. The three events then this year, I mean, between Texas, Greece and um, the Netherlands, as I say, how different are all the courses on, on an, I guess, a purely tactical level? Yeah, no, they're all completely, completely different in terms of like land geographical effects. So, you know, I didn't get a lot of time in between each event because they were all so back to back. So I was kind of just flying from each country to the next, you know, with four four or five days of training just to get used to the conditions. And, and then I had to rest a little bit and then straight into the events. So they were very much back to back. So it was quite difficult to get used to each condition. And each condition was so different that, you know, you'd come off racing off one event thinking you'd know the conditions and then you go to a different venue and you get used to a completely new wave condition and, and wind condition. So that was quite tough as well. So you're basically, I presume, on the road straight after the leaving cert this summer? Yeah, I was I was absolutely gagging to get away. Like literally three days after, I was on my flight to Greece, getting ready, prepping for the youth Europeans in Greece. Right. Yeah, like even I mean, a lot of people will just rightly or wrongly, a lot of sports fans in this country will, will tune in to sailing matters around the Olympics. That's just the the nature of it. But I was just I was interested to read that you were like Annalise Murphy has been the sort of the the flagship uh, person in that world in the last sort of last decade, and you were her training partner up to coming up to Tokyo and you've been sort of spending a fair bit of time with her so that must be sort of a terrific insight that you've you've gained 
Yeah, it was absolutely huge. I joined during Australia for the Senior Worlds and then we had a training camp in Lanzarote when the Olympics were postponed for one year and we just spent quite literally one year in Lanzarote and we teamed up with the Danish Olympic team. Um, so between Amri Rindon, the Danish sailor who won gold, and then training with Annalise as well, you know, I was with the, one of the best training groups in, in the world. So that was quite huge for me. Mm. So you, uh, you, you're sort of, you compete in the same boat class as her as well, right? Like it's yeah. the same discipline as such. It's the same, cause I know there's different grades, but it's the same one. Yeah, no, we we both well, we're both competing now in the in the Ilka Six Olympic class women's boat. So I'm in the same boat as she previously was. So it was amazing to be able to line up and compare speed and just get all the little nuggets of wisdom, I suppose, between the, the two girls. Hmm. Uh, that experience with the Danish team is there anything they do differently or anything you learned that kind of blew you away a little bit? Um, not really. I think it was more just the humbleness of everybody around that training group, you know, really drawed my attention to them. Like they were just such a humble group of sailors and we all got on like like an absolute house on fire. So the entire training group experience and atmosphere was one of the best I, I've ever sailed in. So it was just really nice to be able to learn from the best. So it's almost kind of like a sports psychology aspect that they bring to things as opposed to anything they're doing differently in the boat. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sailing has so many different variables. So it's very much so you have to keep your mind in check all the time. You know, one little thing can go wrong and, and you've you've lost a lot of places in the race. So I think just learning, you know, and hearing their experiences and, and what they've been through and just learning how they dealt with it has been huge. That psychology piece is interesting because earlier on in this conversation, you mentioned that come the third competition this year that people knew you'd won two gold medals people had you marked out as the favourite potentially how has that mindset shift been from you going from one of the the people in the pack to to being a leader in in this sport yeah you know I I really do try to block all that out Um, and when I'm during in the event you know I just go into each race thinking it's a completely new race I don't I don't even look at results kind of during the event which is actually what a, a lot of sailors do and I just I just race how I would usually race, not thinking about anybody who's potentially, you know, a threat to me or coming second. So it definitely was big because I'd seen a lot of the stuff about and heard obviously from other sailors about, you know, I'd be getting text messages in saying I'm two from three, two out of three. So obviously then going for the three out of three. So that was quite tough, but I just kind of just kept my sailing completely simple and and tried to turn all that kind of stuff off. Okay, So so even in the middle of of an event that would be a couple of days long, you would not look at the results or try and block it out as much as possible yeah absolutely like the days are are six days long and you know one race starting over the line you know that can absolutely throw your events so you can't really get too ahead of yourself in sailing because one little mistake and it's all down the tubes what happens next now Eve like where, where does the season go from here yeah, so I've kind of actually only just begun my summer, to be honest with you. So I have a little bit of rest now and I'm heading off then to the under 21 Worlds in August. Um, so that's like a little category stage up. But And then I have also then my senior Worlds back in actually Houston, Texas, and then the senior Europeans. But I'm quite comfortable sailing in all three categories because I've sailed in all three since I was 15. I really tried to get into the senior level at a very early, early age. So I'm quite used to to the senior level. And then, you know, it's just then trying to qualify for Paris as well. And then obviously you mentioned you've just done your leaving search. What's the plan on that front? 
yeah, I get my results in a month's time. So I've kind of forgotten about that one, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I'm getting my results in a month's time. So I'm hoping for the best. And what what is the what is the hope college wise? Um, I'd love to go to University College Dublin. I was actually just I got the Ad Astra Elite Sports Scholarship, so that was huge. So I figured that out before I sat my leaving cert. So that was a little bit of pressure off, and you know it's an amazing amazing college. So I'm I'm really hoping that I'll be able to represent UCD. Good stuff. And, and can I ask, have you thought at all about Paris? Is is that something you, you can allow yourself to think about? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, because I was a training partner for Tokyo, I always had my sights set, I suppose, on Paris and then LA as well after that. So that's what I, I do. I go out and train every day for Paris and I'm just very much so looking forward to hopefully qualifying. How competitive is that going to be within the Irish camp? Yeah, so at the moment, there's one other uh, sailor who I'll uh, try and compete against during the trials. Um, and then we have three, tr- we've qualified the nation first, and then we have three trials after that. So it is a, definitely a tough qualification, but I, I am confident in myself. Because essentially, it's teamwork to get Ireland into the Olympic Games, and then it becomes teammate versus teammate to see who actually wears the green of Ireland. Is that, is that correct in how, how the games would work? Yeah, exactly. So the qualifying the nation, you know, we have to, I think it's like top 50 or something at the World Championships. So it is a bit of a team effort, but in the other sense, we are also sailing for ourselves. Well, it's a a very, very good problem to have uh, over the the next couple of years, Eve. Congratulations on everything over the past few months and great to chat to you this morning. Thank you so much. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 